The Gamer's Lounge with Amon Green is on the air. You need a sledgehammer? That's Batman. The Gamer's Lounge. Tony Stark will blow up the building, and then as it's blowing up, he'll rebuild it. It's time <laughs> to press play. Uh, welcome to Amon Green's Gamer's Lounge podcast. How you doing, John? I'm doing awesome, Amon. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. I'm good, man. Just uh, been busy, busy, busy last couple weeks. I've been... Uh, Doing, be doing my job as the head coach of esports here at Lakeland University. So I've been two a day in it up, you know, bringing in what I learned from football, tying that in with esports, getting the kids to understand what it is to what's going to take to be, uh, I say, a top player in at the college level, but also becoming a team, you know, bonding together, hanging out, getting to know one another, you know, not only in the, in the game they play, they play in, but also, you know, off the, I say out of the, uh, without the joystick or the keyboards in their hands. So that's been a fun, fun and uh, interesting process dealing with uh, COVID here on campus, knowing that we got to live and live by the, the protocols of that stuff going on. So been busy, busy with that. How about yourself, John? Uh, I've been busy. Yeah. But um, by the way, you hear that, Joe Rogan? Amon has a career in video games and he didn't waste his life. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been busy too, Amon. Uh, busy playing Rocket League, I guess. Um, I, I don't, I, I know we talk about this a lot and I don't want to just harp on one yeah. game, but I'm addicted to that game. I'm addicted to playing that game with my friends. I'm getting a little bit more addicted watching some of these pros and the ridiculous stuff they do. Right. Well, it gets there because it's about the competition side. You want to get better. Um, do you know your ranking? Because I know it goes in the tiers. Like you could be like bronze and then up to silver uh, and then gold and then platinum and diamond. And I think in Rocket League, it goes all the way to champion level. So yeah. where, where do you think you are or where do you know you're at? I have no idea. I don't even know how to look that up. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. It's the worst. I know. I know. No, it's okay. You learn it. You learn it. It's probably when you log in, just look at the the top left or right of the screen, it'll have your, like your, whatever your name is, mm-hmm. whether you logged in and created your profile account name, that'll be next to where your rating is. If you've been playing like online matches and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's where you get rated. Okay. Hey, by the that's way, usually where do you have, uh, do you, do you guys play in your, at Lakeland? Do you guys play rocket league? Do you guys have a, yeah. So we, place? yeah, we have a rocket league team. We've uh, played actually a couple scrimmages against Aquatus college out of grand rapids. And uh, first game, first, I say first round of five, we didn't do so great, but then got better. But then we just played them last night and we won a couple matches. So we are progressively getting better at the Rocket League uh, game. And uh, some of the other games we have going on is Call of Duty, uh, Rainbow Six, Valorant. And then we have a, we got half a League of Legends team. I say more than half. We need two more players and then we have a full squad. That's a, a, buy, a five versus five player game. Um, we have one player that plays Brawl, Brawl Hala, that's similar to Super Smash Bros. And then we have a few Madden players, an NBA 2K player. So we're, we've got about seven or seven or six or seven games that we're going to compete in come, uh, come actually here in a couple of weeks now, the week of September 6th. That's so awesome. That's so fall sports. Yeah. So for those in the sporting world, they hear about all these different divisions, all these different conferences, not playing fall sports, but fall esports are on is scheduled yeah (laughs) it is happening i was like when i said that and uh we had an athletic department meeting and we're part of athletics so i said that in a meeting everybody was like okay you know can you explain how you're going to do that and i did i said well all our competitions are going to be virtual we don't have to you know face the team face 
literally, you know, face to face, table from table. We could be in our campus and just have a dedicated server with uh, internet, which we have, and have good, uh, make sure there's no big latency and we could compete and uh, have fun and still do what we need to do and just in house have all uh, the protocols of COVID, everybody wearing a mask. Or what we did was, I had the facilities department, I talked with them and they put barriers, glass barriers that you've seen like at the grocery stores and Best Buy and like Home Depot, they mm -hmm. put those glass barriers or it's like fiberglass, plexiglass barriers up between the computers. So the, the players can now sit, you know, side by side and still be able to compete. So that's so cool. That's we, so we're cool. Adjusting. We're adjusting. We're adjusting. Esports. Uh, yeah. You can go along, go forward with esports, but you can't with regular sports. That's so cool. Right, right. So to get into all these topics, man, we got, I think I'm going to call this the the lawsuit, hashtag lawsuit episode <laughs> <laughs> of podcast, because we're going to start with EA is getting sued, is facing a class action lawsuit over their ultimate team loot boxes. So it's a plaintiff out in, on the West Coast uh, in, in uh, Northern California. He goes by the name of Kevin Ramirez. He is suing EA right now. And it's a grand trial and damages up to $5 million. He's calling for damages up to $5 million. And he claims that EA relies on creating, like you mentioned, addictive behaviors and consumers to generate huge revenue. So Ramirez and his self, uh, and himself assets, ultimate team compiled to him, um, compelled him to spend money, having spent more than 600 bucks on FIFA, and Madden since 2018. So to give it a full definition of, so what he's talking about, ultimate team in both games. So basically, you know how back in the day, John, you and I, we actually went to 7-Eleven or, or the grocery store and we bought a pack of baseball cards. Oh, we asked our mom and dad to buy a pack of baseball, basketball, football yes. cards. And by so the way, by the way, speak for, your, speak for yourself, Amon. Uh, I still do that, but go <laughs> ahead. Yes, continue. <laughs> right, right. So that's what it is now. So FIFA and Madden has came up with a great idea back in uh, 2011 to create virtual cards. So now you can get the best of the best, open the pack up virtually, and then create your team. I know I've explained this to you guys there um, to kind of bring you up to speed. So that is what he's talking. That's what uh, this... Uh, Kevin Ramirez is talking about. So now, because I, I myself, I could talk about it too. When I remember when that first came out, when Mutt League started on Madden, here's the ratio. Here's the change of difference. So that was 2011. In 2011, you can buy one pack of Madden Ultimate Legends for $20 and get, of the $20, you could get about 30 cards. And of the 30 cards, a 20 of them were the Legends of above, a rated of a 90 or above. Okay, out of 30 cards. So 20 of them were legends. Now in 28 in 2020, you could buy that same amount of packs. So 20, 30 cards for 90 bucks. And of the 30 cards, two will be overrated over 90, maybe. And then the rest are like 60 or 70 or below. Wow. <laughs> so that's where Ramirez has said is compelled him because you're looking for that that legend that ultimate legend you know you're looking for brett Favre 99 you're looking for my car amon green 94 whatever um lawrence taylor 89 or 98 rating when you get those cars obviously that makes your roster better so ea is doing something a lot of video game companies are doing you know this is uh loot boxes are everywhere they're in fortnite they're in call of duty they're in Apex. It's basically a loot box. It's basically like a grab bag, a goodie bag. Getting that bag and opening it up and see what you get. You're like, oh, 
oh my God, I got this new weapon or I got this new thing I could use to make my character better. Or as they say in the game where you could buff them up a little bit. So, you know, so Kevin Ramirez is basically saying that EA ultimate team packs are, you know, the loot boxes that he mentioned, he was buying them. Um, the packs, nothing more than just, just like gambling, you know, so purchasing using real money, the ultimate team packs are simple wagers on completely randomized chances with the game to win valuable professional players, uh, other items from EA, uh, gamers, virtual sports teams. So this lawsuit also says fall, it falls under California definition of illegal gambling, gambling devices as a machine aperture or device, something of value and given um, to play. And the player may receive something of value by element of chance. So that sounds familiar there. So, I've got two thoughts on this, two thoughts on this, Iman. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, he's absolutely correct because I've always said, you mentioned baseball cards, sports cards. I've always said, this is gambling. This is basically gambling. You're trying to get the best car. Did you get it? Nope. Go buy another one. And it's the same yep. thing with little kid toys. My daughter, she loves these LOL toys, they're called. They come in this ball that you don't know which blind bags, basically, too. You, you, you don't know what they are. You have to open them up. And did you get the one you wanted? No. But then go buy another one. So this is Keep nothing. Going. Yeah, this is nothing new. And I agree a, a thousand percent that there is a form of addiction. There is a form of gambling to it. But on the flip side of mine, and you could answer this question better than I could, and you yeah. mentioned Fortnite and whatnot. Don't most games have in-app purchases, for example, like on your phone? Like most, most, yeah. a lot of apps have in-app purchases. How do they make apps? How do they make Instagram? How do they make Snapchat, TikTok? They make it addicting so you want to come back. So almost everything digital, whether it is this pack from EA, whether it is a game on your phone, an app on your phone, a lot of these, it's the same thing. So I'm not sure how much of a leg that this lawsuit has to stand on when you think about it from that perspective, everything on your phone is basically uh, gambling, right? Like you get addicted to yeah. an app and then, hey, oh, I can buy this on the app. Okay, I'm going to buy that on the app. That's that's how they make money. That's You're right. I mean, a lot of games have that. You get the game like Fortnite when it first came out, and I believe it still is, when you download it, it was a free download. And that's where you, that was the hook. That was the hook part, the hook, line, and sinker. It was a free download, but once you download it to get the new skins, which is clothes that you put on your virtual characters, um, that's when the kids were like, Dad, I could buy um, Deadpool outfit and put it on my character. Or I could buy John Wick. They had John Wick. They had Deadpool. They had uh, um, Thanos from uh, Affinity War outfit that you could buy. So, But you got to purchase this stuff. And like it's usually two to one. So it's like for, for every dollar, it was like, 10 points in the game itself so it can get you know a little pricey and i've heard stories of kids you know jacking their mom and dad's credit card to get more uh loot items or more more skins bought or or yeah. better weapons because some of these games are, are persistent on making sure um you to you to stay competitive you got to buy the uh the, the latest weapon that's been basically the new D dlc for the week and if you don't do that you're going to fall behind we're going to fall way behind so i can see there is a little standard, you know, or a little, I say, little leverage they have, but also California, if you're going to sue anything or anybody, I think California is the state to do it. <laughs> I know of a lot of laws that they have that you don't see in the other continuous states. And so I think he, he, he Kevin and his crew of people that joined him in this trial, I think they have an opportunity here to win. It just, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out uh, moving forward here. So, mm -mm. 
So the next uh, little story I found on, and it's just something just to keep everything, I say, in perspective. And I say up front, keep the conversation going about what we're going, what we're dealing with between COVID and between uh, Black Lives Matter. It's in a story that was written by um, Ash Parrish from Kutaku. And this was a very interesting uh, conversation that she wrote up. It's basically her experience of being a fan of Overwatch and then finding out that a team that was in their path to pro league team, their team, the name, their Twitter account, all basically was being blatantly racist. So Ash writes about her love for Overwatch and how, you know, following the league, she's a reporter. She has the opportunity to meet some of the players, interview some of the fans. And then, you know, one day she was playing a game and watching a tournament and came across a team that went by the name of, nice one good round so i had to read this twice so i'm reading it through it and i got to the part where it explained where the nice one good round where that was the actual blatant um a racial a racial slur that was put not being put out there so if you say it out you know in normal you don't really see it and you don't hear it you know just say nice one good round you know like basically you're giving good game to the opponent that you just played but if you spell out the word and then replace the number one for the word one, which most people, you know, in gamer tags, they use letters, numbers as letters. So if you put one as an I and then add the GR to the end, then you kind of see where I'm going with this. So it's a nasty racial slur. And it, you know, and when she reads on and finds out they had a Twitter account on their Twitter page, they have a banner that is basically spells out the acronym acronym as well but both featuring both the slur acronym and the racist caricature that looks like the uh it's supposed to be sambu and sambu is what the what back in the day i say back during the civil rights movement it was the representation of an african-american in a comic book that was black you know color and black face and didn't have you know had the discrimination you know traits about what people looked how they people looked at uh, the african-american culture at that time so on their Twitter page, they have this, they have it, and, and it just was mind-blowing to her and obviously disheartening because he's a big fan of the game. And if you played Overwatch, John, you'll find out that that is one game that basically covers all the bases. It has every character in that game has somebody from every ethnic, ethnic background on planet Earth, even the animal species. They have a character by the name of, I believe, Winston. That's a gorilla, but he's a he's very intelligent. He somehow is now he's smarter than most of the most of his teammates <laughs> on the on the game itself. So she goes on to talk about her experience and then finding out that, you know, to keep things real, like I got to get this team banned. And she talks about how she went and to Overwatch, wrote them a letter and got the team banned because of the name, got the Twitter um, account put, put down. But actually, I went on there yesterday and found it's still live, but I don't think they're sending out messages. But it was just something for me that reading this was, you know, something to keep up, keep up the uh, current events, but also knowing that she was being proactive and went out and did something and took care of this because obviously we know this is where we got we've gotten to where we're at now in the, in the united states where we got stuff going on racial tension and make sure we're fixing that so i'm happy to hear that she was able to do that so what's your thoughts on that uh john well i mean i i the one thing that obviously that's that's a very sneaky thing that they did right. and 99 percent of the people who see that aren't going to recognize it for what it potentially is um, 
Some members of the team, according to the article you cited, said, quote, it was an experiment to see how far we can get to see how corrupt Blizzard as a whole truly is. Uh, The team manager tweeted, "Okay, no, that doesn't feel like that's what it was to me at all. It feels because because here's why. It's it's so sneaky that, like I said, most people are not going to recognize it. So no, why are you, is that you're really trying to see how corrupt they are, but trying to sneak something through that no one's going to recognize? Like, what does that prove? What are you proving? I'm not buying that explanation myself. It just seems like, and I don't know how old these members of this team are. I have no idea, but it seems like a really immature, Hey, look at this wink, wink. Isn't this funny? No, it's, it's actually not. It's not funny at all. And so I, to me, it sounds like immature humans trying to be funny that they don't uh, don't realize how offensive they are right and it's just ash Parrish, the writer of this article she was the the needle in the haystack that caught this mm-hmm. you know because when i first read it i had like i told you i read it twice to say okay nice one good round yeah i would not even think of that was a in there was a hidden message that i didn't see you know i wouldn't have saw it until it was pointed out to me so um, to like you said, to make it a funny way of trying to get at over, you know, at activism blizzard for them being out outwardly racist to try to get them and put them on front street. This was not uh, the way to go about it. I say it wasn't a, a solid attempt, you know, in in that process. So just just interesting how the young generation, I guess, today figures they're going to try to out people, you yeah. know, in their business ways. And try to see if what uh, what they could get out of it. I don't know what was. I don't know what their point was to get out this out of this anyway. So. I don't know. And if you saw some of the pictures, if you if you go deep into the Google and and look up this game, um, mm. there there are some images out there from uh, supposedly from that team and uh, just kind of recruiting people and just the the images of their team name that they put out there and everything else is it's it's pretty blatant when you look at those images. Um, so I. I I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's so yeah. it's so bad. It's really bad. It, yeah, it's, it was a, it wasn't a great attempt. So just uh, just know I'm just uh, want to bring that up to keep it on front street and every, and keep it on uh, everybody's frontal lobe so they could think about this and be aware of what's going on around the world. And uh, I'll say going on to the next couple of topics, we for for time restraints, we're gonna just glaze over them real quick. Um, so we did mention how EA is getting lawsuit as well. So also Apple ripped. Fortnite away from uh, um, off their Apple store through Epic, basically going against simple rules that was stated in the contract. Um, so they pulled Fortnite off the Apple store because Epic said, actually not said, but they did. They basically trying to skim more money and um, off the top for their pockets. So Apple said, you know what? You want to break contract? We're ripping you off uh, our Apple store along with, and then Google Play is also taking um, get in the line with Apple to rip them off there. So well, two quick questions on that. Two quick questions on that yeah. because I find this one really fascinating. That Epic claim because basically in game purchases, right? So Epic said, "Buy it through mm-hmm. us. We'll send it. We'll sell it to you cheaper, or you can buy it through the Apple Store, but it costs more because Apple takes their twenty percent or whatever." Correct. Uh, and and Correct. Epic is trying to say you can't do this. You're going to you're going to hurt developers. You're going to hurt future developers, that kind of thing. You can't just charge that 20%. No, not, not everybody makes $17 billion a year or whatever that is, their operating budget <laughs> exactly. for, for Epic. And and I saw some of the numbers. Apple's pulling in like $13 million a month 
or some number like that. Yes. Google about a million dollars wow. a month from people purchasing off Fortnite. So, so they're thinking to themselves, I'm not giving up a, over a hundred, some 50, 200 million dollars or whatever that number comes out to close to 200 million dollars. But Epic was ready for this amount. So not only did they put that out there. Apple says, no, you can't do it. Epic comes back instantly with all this paperwork that says we're suing. And so this was a strategic attempt by Epic because they, they're already one step ahead of the Apple store, one step ahead of Apple. They had their lawsuit all ready to, to go. Yeah. So I right, guess two, you have to be. Yeah. Two questions. So who wins? And then what comes of this long term? Will Fortnite be on the Apple store in a year or two? Will they figure out some sort of compromise? Will Apple just say, hey, this is our these are our rules. Do it or don't do it. Right. Well, I'll say the first question, who wins it? That one has remained to be seen. It could be Apple. Basically, if they have enough, I'll say, statements to rule that Epic crossed the lines. And I'm the first time I read this was about it's a, I looked at it as, an, uh, in a, you know, just like an NFL contract where I used to work. If you negotiate a contract and then that player signs it, you got to stick by that contract until the contract's over. And then when you want to go into the new, new negotiation, that's when you can change things. So to me, they were in a contract, epic, and then they basically went against the rules. And now Apple caught them. So that's a win for potentially Apple. But then on the flip side, Epic, they basically got to do the same thing, prove that they didn't violate or they didn't have reason. They had reason enough to do what they needed to do. But being that they're a billion dollar company, <laughs> that's going to be, to me, hard to come up with a reason on why they did what they did. And then what comes out of the long term? Is again, we don't know. We, I say we may not see Fortnite on the Apple Store anymore or Google Play, but really it's already everywhere. It's on PC, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation. So they have other outlets. I guess they just want to monopolize, like it was mentioned in Oracle, monopolize the whole industry to make sure they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. But this is maybe potentially one place they will not be. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting, John. It's interesting. So. Yeah, like I said, this is a hashtag lawsuit episode. Now it's going to get a little little better. You know, we're going to start to smile and laugh. We <laughs> got, lawsuits. Last night, the NBA 2K League had their awards and finalized. I know they had the league MVP um, award that was up. Uh, the player, so the candidates was, uh, MVP candidates was a guy that goes by the name of CB13, a Warriors Gaming, um, Dre, uh, Dave Fry from Wizards Gaming, Kenny got worked from Raptors Uprising Gaming, which they're the top seed in the playoffs, and Reg from Bucks Gaming. So that's nice. right here in Wisconsin for us. And then number five candidate is Rhea from Jazz Gaming. And also they have uh, opportunities for fan engagement. And then also play of the year candidates because there's a lot of good uh, NBA 2K players throwing up nasty shots, hitting three-pointers from deep, kind of like Leonard um, or, or Dame that's doing down in the bubble right now. So there's some fun things going on for the 2K uh, league to wrap up their season as they get into the playoff push. And then another league, as we know, is going into the playoff push is the CDL league. They start their playoffs actually to actually yesterday they started and they push all through the weekend till Sunday. So we uh, get on your, get on your tube, get on your phone, watch the CDL, watch the NBA, 2, NBA 2K league, get into their playoff push. And now John, you could take us into this or that. This or that. All right, Amon Green, this or that on the Gamers Lounge, Nike or Adidas? Ooh, man, that's for me, not a, it's not a hard to think about. Is I'm a Nike kid all day. Um, Jordan, the Air Maxes, love them. Got them. Got some of them anyway, not all of them. 
<laughs> but I'm a Nike guy. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Ever since, like you said, ever since I was a kid, like it, it's been, it's Nike. You needed Nike. Nike was the thing. It was always Nike. If you had a choice between Adidas and Nike, you'd be like, are you, you seriously? I'm taking the Nike. Yeah. Um, so so yep. just it's been built in for generations of of people that it's Nike. I'm going with going with Nike. Um, this yeah, yeah. this or that, Amon. Okay. Writing poetry or reading <laughs> poetry. This or that. Uh, I would say reading it. I'm not the poet. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not the, you know, poet is like a rapper and I'm not that. I know my, I know my lane. I am. I love reading poetry. It is awesome. I think my favorite, uh, favorite writer out there in poems is Langston Hughes. I read some, a lot of poems when I was in school and elementary uh, junior high of his, they're really cool. Mm. Very cool. See, okay. I'm going to be honest. When I, when my first initial reaction to poetry, writing poetry I thought of roses are red, violets are blue, like writing sappy love. I thought of love poetry for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah. And, yeah and then, that's okay. That's so, good. so instantly I'm like, yeah, I'm not writing that. Uh, that, that ain't going to be me. I, I'd rather read some sort of poetry. And overall, I'm still going to pick reading poetry because there is some s- s- uh, creativity in writing or reading what other people write, like really talented people that I don't have that I really appreciate. Like, oh, I see what, oh, this is cool. Like, man, you really did something mm-hmm. here. Like, I wouldn't even thought of going this direction with this thought or this, or describing something some way. Um, so I'm going to go with reading poetry. Although I don't, it's not like I sit down and read poetry, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but if you count, you mentioned yep, rap. If you count mean. rap as poetry, well then, yeah. Hey. Sure, it should be poetry. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I know more poetry I'm not than I think. It though. I'm no, gonna read it though no. and listen to it. Yeah. Um, all right. I love this one on this or that. Stargazing or going on morning walks. Ooh, yeah, I, I had to, I thought higher on this one. Um, but I'm gonna have to say I'm a stargazer. I like to sit and find I know where the big dipper is. I know I kinda know where the little dipper is in my front driveway uh, at my house. <laughs> So yeah, stargazer, that's for me. Okay, I'm going to go with stargazing. I'm going to go with stargazing too, Amon, because if you go on a morning walk, depending on which direction you're walking, you really are stargazing. The sun is rising. So if you can go on a walk at night and look at thousands of more stars, I think, I I know there are billions of stars, but I think just visible to our Mm -hmm. eyes, there's a a few thousand or whatever in the night sky. So stargazing, that, and it's just like, it's so cool to just kind of settle in and be like, Yep, if you just started going straight up in the air, there'd be nothing. And then there's those those stars out there. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of ponder as opposed to to a morning walk where I don't know if you if you're able to reflect like that as much. So stargazing. I'm gonna go stargazing. Sorry. Um, All right. Okay, now this one I, I really love. This one I think is one of the best this or that questions that we've had him on on the on oh, the podcast. Thank you. Oceans or rain. Sounds so the sound of an ocean or the sound of rain falling because I've been going back and forth in my head on which yeah. one I enjoy more. What? How would you answer your own question here, Armand? Oh man, I'm an oceans guy. I like the sound of ocean of ocean water. Um, if it's hitting rocks or just big waves crashing, that is definitely something that puts me into a relaxation mode, and eventually I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where I'm at. Why, what is it about, because I think you're right. Like just it, ocean sounds in general, 
I think it just a lot of people, it's very calming. You're relaxed. You're not as mm-hmm. uptight. If you just focus on the sound, I don't know what it is about that, that sort of sound that relaxes so many people, maybe because we associate it with going on a vacation. And when you're on vacation, you're not worried about certain things in your life. So mm-hmm. ocean sounds are fantastic, but I'm going to actually go rain here and a very, very close this or that, because right. if there is a, and I'm going to take a step further. Like if there's a thunderstorm coming into our, uh, the area where I live, if that ever happens, I'm always crossing my fingers that it comes at night because I, I find it very soothing and relaxing to go to sleep knowing that it's raining, that you can hear the rain, maybe a couple of rumbles of thunder. Like that is very soothing right. to me. I, I don't know. I, I, I love going to sleep during thunderstorms. Right. Well, that's what I was slept like a baby. I was born during th- a thunderstorm. So I know I sleep like a baby then. So it might have be rain sounds too, but different, different type of rain sound. Yeah, it's built, it's built <laughs> into right. you. Uh, West coast or it East, is. West coast or East coast. Now are we talking rap specifically here, Amon? Uh, yeah, but, or just where you want to go uh, on a trip or something. I mean, cause I know for me, I'm West coast. Cause one, I grew up out there. I love the West coast rap scene. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Cube. <laughs> You know, uh, NWA back in the day, which I couldn't listen to because my mom said, if you ever bring that music into my home, I'm going to break the tape. So I waited till I was grown and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm still I'm going to be West Coast because I was, I grew up out there. John. Yeah, so, I'm going to okay. go West Coast. I, I, I it, when I listened to hip hop growing up West Coast, I always kind of enjoyed a little bit more the Dre's, the Snoops, Pac, that kind of yeah, thing. Snoops. Yeah. Uh, E-40 but, almost forgot up in the Vallejo area, which is San Francisco, Northern California, area, Oakland. But there is yes, something sir. about East Coast. Like when you think, I think I saw somebody on Twitter, right? That how many albums did, did uh, Biggie have? Like t- two albums? He had like yeah, two albums? One, yeah, he had the, the one that put him on the map. And then he had the book, the double book one, kind of like what Pac did right before he passed away. And then they, yeah, I think really just maybe two or three. I mean, that says a lot for the impact and, that, and they were all smoke. They yes, were fire. Yeah, like if that's, I mean, I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to take nothing away from these guys, but still, they put out some good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go with West Coast, but I just thought that was kind of a fascinating thing. I think I saw on Twitter, like just the impact that Biggie had alone for the East Coast for rap and for hip hop in general, with just putting out mm-hmm. just a small number of albums. Um, all right, this or that, a couple more left. Extravagant or minimalist? What are you, Amon? I am a, probably, I know myself very well. I'm a minimalist. I like to do things very simple, um, very, you know, minimal in terms of, you know, organization. I'm just go right to the point and get it done. Um, but nothing big and flashy, no frills, just get it done. And very simple, simple ways of doing it. Yeah, I, I would like to think I'm a minimalist, but sometimes, I, 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 I no way am I extravagant, but I could be even more minimalist. Um, I, I like I, I was saying this to you earlier. Like, if I had it my way, I truly think I would enjoy having just a limited amount of like plates, cups, silverware, furniture. Like, I, well, I don't need anything else. Like, if I need it, I'll just you know I'll wash it and then I'll use it. Otherwise, you just right. have a bunch of plates and cups, and then it overtakes everything. You have furniture and stuff all over the place. I'd love to be even more minimalist. Maybe to an extreme, but I don't know. It's hard for me to do. Uh, final this no or that, problem. Amon. Fresh fruit yes. or fresh flowers? Oh, I'm going to have to go fruit. I actually got a bag of oranges right now that I'm about to go into here at the esports facility. So I'm fresh fruit all day. 
I love the way you said that about going to a big bag of oranges. But uh, how many oranges are you going to polish off here today? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a slices, so like eight slices. Oh, there. that's good. Eight slices. It's a whole, probably a whole orange, basically. You give me some fresh fruit. Vitamin C. Yeah, give me Getting some fresh fruit C. any day of the week. Like, I, I, if fresh fruit was more readily available, I mean, right. I think I would just eat fresh fruit all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's good for you. you know? oh, it's fantastic. You. Fantastic. Yep. All right. Uh, all right that that is this or that, Amon. Yep. Take us into game releases, sir. Release the games. It's time for the game releases. Game, game releases. releases. Man, here we go. We got a lot of big games coming out this week from Monday to Friday. It was hard to pick because I know Microsoft been pumping out their big flight simulator game on PC. So I went with, I always like to stay below the radar, go with the underdog. I'm going with Manifold Garden. Okay, John, this game, you seen Inception? Yes. The movie Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, yes. This is what this game looks like. I watch videos on it. It's a one-player game, and it looks like you're in that movie it's a first person exploration game with reimagined physics so playstation 4 um xbox switch and it's at the apple arcade and it's made by the, the company that's in one of the lawsuit conversations that we had today epic games <laughs> it's made another game made, made by epic uh that is out um came out this week i believe yesterday uh so it's one of them things so i say this is a game that you do not play if you are inebriated oh or it's a game that you do play if you are inebriated why is that why because then why is because that? you're gonna have a, a trip this will put you on a trip if you're not already on one just let you know it has different i mean it's creating worlds as you're sitting there and you connect the dots you connect point a with point b and then it creates other parts of an area where you gotta then go and you get points so basically being that creative mind that most of us have if you watch the videos when you watch the videos it's going to take you on that like inception ride where you're walking look like you're walking downstairs but you're actually walking up or you're going left but you're actually going right you think you're going in the water but you're not you know this kind of fake you what fakes your senses out type of environment but it's all about i say witnessing infinity they won a ton of awards gaming awards from the Euro Gamer of the Year, GC, GDC Award, the Fitsu Award, indie, the Indie Game or Indiecade at E3 Award from 20, this is all from 2019, and a Maze Honorable Mention of 2020 Award. So I say check this game out if you want to go on a trip without being on a trip, if that makes sense. Wow, that John. sounds fun. I want <laughs> That sounds really fun. I'm just saying. Right. Um, all right, so my game yeah, release... Indeed. It gets released this week. It's PGA Tour 2K21, and it comes out on all the major platforms, and I'm super amped about it because I have the Switch, and I'm definitely into golf in real life, and I've gotten into golf and video games in the past, and I'm really, really excited. I think this is going to be my next purchase. Uh, 2K21 PGA, you can um, play in an all-new PGA Tour career mode, and then uh, I was reading, where did it go? I was reading this where basically you can create your own rules on some of these. 
play against the pros, play with your crew in PGA Tour 2K21. You can play by the rules or create your own. And I think that's important because, because the game of golf, Amon, is so, in my opinion, is so, in real life, is so picky about its rules. Mm-hmm. There are some rules mm-hmm. you just kind of shake your head like, guys, really? What are, you, what are you trying to prove here? Let's just go play the game. Go have some fun. So I love that you can create your own rules and you don't have to be so uptight like a lot of uh, rules of golf are. So that's my game release this week. PGA Tour 2K21. I'm definitely going to be uh, purchasing that, I think. Who's on the cover? Uh, I just closed it. Um, I don't know who's on. Uh, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is on the cover with his blue pants. (laughs) That's the only game where I could feel good about playing golf. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I know it has it. It gives you all the guides to hit the ball, you know, to how to to hit in the hole or get the arc or the backspin that you want and stuff. I know I cannot do in real life. Yes. You know, I'm a baseball player growing up so when i actually am on a golf course i just swing away like my, my third base coach just gave me the, the sign to swing away that's what i do i swing away so <laughs> that ball is getting hit very far maybe not straight but it's going somewhere going somewhere just so you know john all right now take us to what's on stream sir row 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 your boat gently hovers uh sorry excuse me it's time for what's on stream Oh man, it's some good. It's a lot of good stuff out there, man. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but it's a ton of good stuff on stream. So somewhere we haven't been in a while is HBO Go or HBO Max. They have a new app called HBO App Max. I don't know if you knew that, John. Did you know that? I had heard about it. Yes. Yeah. So they got another awesome uh, show on there, and it's by one of my guys that I love. I'm gonna watch as soon as I see his name on the screen. I'm gonna watch him because he taps my horror movie nerve is Jordan Peele. Mm. So from Misha Green and Jordan Peele, and then one of the executive producers is J.J. Abrams. Okay, so this is like the all-star team, the dream team of movie producers and directors all working together, okay? So Lovecraft is a young, it's a story about, uh, it's called Lovecraft Country. It's a story about a young African-American um, ex-soldier who travels across the United States during the 50s to search for his missing father. But like I mentioned, Jordan P is Jordan Peele was a part of this. So, you know, there is some type of from, you know, with Get Out, with us, you know, there's some type of horror twist in here. So it, it just started out. It's a 10 episode series and, and you can't binge these. You got to be patient and wait till the following week. So they're releasing each episode once a week. So it started this Sunday. And it has an outstanding class, Jonathan Majors, uh, Journey Summerlet, and Courtney B. Vance. And so I watched the first episode, John, and I'm like, yes, Jordan Peele did it again. But it's also during the time in the 50s of civil unrest, kind of like it is what's going on here today. And one of the quotes I want to mention that actually that was in the article that Ash uh, Parrish that wrote about the, her Overwatch experience and is from one of the scenes in um, in Lovecraft, first episode. So the character just jumped on the bus ride and they got jumped. The bus basically uh, pooped out. It had a bad tire or something. And so when they all the passengers got on, it was a few African-American passengers and, and the rest were all white passengers. And so when somebody came to help them get picked up, everybody that was white got picked up. But the two African-American um, um, writers had to you know basically walk the rest of the way. And as they were walking, 
the lady that was um, with Atticus, who is the character I'm talking about in Lovecraft Country, says to her, and they're having a conversation, and the, the, he's telling her about Lovecraft. So Lovecraft was a writer that was writing, and he was uh, racist, but then also was a, uh, the writing was basically explaining, you know, and giving heroism to somebody that was blatantly racist. And so the, the female character to Atticus says, why do you like him if you know he was raceless. So he goes like this. He says, stories are like people. You know, he says, so he says that to the Black companion as they walk to their destination. Loving them doesn't make them perfect. You try to cherish their virtues and overlook their flaws, hmm. but they still have flaws. They still have their flaws. And their flaws are still there, as he puts. So I'm like, hmm, that hit me in the face, like, bam. It's like, you know, knowing stuff. It might be your favorite character from a movie, favorite football athlete, baseball player, whatever. And you find out they, they're not who they say they are. Right. But what they did at a moment, time, where they actually showed um, being human and being real and being honest. But it just doesn't take away that negative side of it. So that's how he kind of looked at it. Like, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. But for those values that sometimes come up that are good values, that's where that I, I get hooked in. I want to I want to follow that person or look up to them in a way. So I'm like, man, this is a good, it's going to be a good season of uh, Love Calf Country. So check it out on HBO, HBO Go and HBO Max. Wow, that's a, that, you, that's an episode one, by the way. They drop a... Right, that's just episode one. Right, they drop a line like that that makes you think, that, that I'm really excited. I want to watch this now. Love, what what days does it get released? Do you know? It comes on Sunday nights. Sunday nights. All okay. the HBO outs. Yeah, perfect. Sunday night. Lovecraft Country. Um, mine was just something I happened upon uh, on Netflix because I usually am on spent. Well, now I know at least one episode of something I can watch, but I usually spend time just flipping around like, what should I watch next? As I patiently wait for the boys on uh, Amazon Prime to come out with their next season. Right. Um, I'm with you there. And so I came across this on Netflix. It's a documentary about uh, prof- not professional, I guess professional Rubik's Cube players or Rubik's cubers. I, it's called the cute, the speed cubers. And it follows yes. uh, one of the, have you seen this? Yes, I have. It's it so awesome, great. By the way, it, it follows the relationship between two of the best in the world of Rubik's cube competition, Felix Zemdegs and Max Park, who is Max Park is autistic, showed the, an affinity mm-hmm. for a Rubik's cube at a very young age and just was fascinated by it. And is still fascinated by it. And is one of, if not the best Rubik's cuber, in the world. And it's just, it's really cool. Look into uh, a competitive uh, activity, skill, sport, whatever you want to call it that I wasn't familiar with at all. And it puts some emotion behind it and you get to know the people for who they are. And there's some great camaraderie between those two guys. And it's, it's just a feel good documentary. It's about 40 minutes long or so. In fact, I'm on, as I was watching that, I said out loud to my wife, I'm like, this is a movie. Felix and Max, that's the name of the movie. And this it's the whole story like of Max growing up and being obsessed with the Rubik's Cube. And Felix is the guy who is the best at it. Max was inspired by him and they become great friends. And that's a movie. That documentary, that's real life. But that is a two-hour Academy Award winning movie. I hope somebody takes that idea and runs with it. Easy breezy. I agree, man. When I watched it, I watched it probably like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And was just like, wow, because of the, you know, watching Max, I believe he was, Max was the autistic kid, correct? Correct. If I'm not, yep. And just watching him take that and then he can grow. 
you know, because as we know, autistic children and adults, they have something inside their brain that we still don't know, you know, scientists don't know, but it, that they're, you know, they, it, it, it holds them back in some ways. But then when they find that thing that lets them open up, yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. And that's what for Max, the Rubik's Cube did. He opened up, he started to be in social, meeting friends, meeting people, making them into friends and having that connection that then they, you know, kids that with autism can then have a normal life. And that's what we try to fight for, for them as parents, as friends, because I, I can relate because I've experienced a lot of uh, fundraising events when I was during my playing career with autistic uh, adults and children. And to see them kind of come out of their shell to say hello, that is a a big accomplishment. And people don't realize how big that is in an autistic person's uh, life. So yeah, outstanding show. So yeah, absolutely. And I think you're, I think you're spot on real quick. I think you're spot on with the way the Rubik's cube has allowed him to, to, to develop in that way. And I thought that was so cool. It was so cool. Have you ever, have you ever done a Rubik's cube? Do you know how to do it? I know how to do it, but it takes, it still takes, I'm not that fast. I'm not seven seconds fast or four seconds. (laughs) It probably takes me a good, I ain't gonna lie, about three hours before I'm down. That's better than me. I have no idea. I just always just kind of spun them around and be like, I wonder how this works. (laughs) Never been able to figure it out. I do that some days too. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. They so. got me Rubik's. You got me today. Yeah, that's my so. that's my pick. Speed Cubers on Netflix. Check it out. Mm, check it out. Nice. All right. Let's get into my favorite set. One of my favorite segments of the show. It's that moment in a horror movie mm. where if it doesn't happen, there's no movie. This is what should have happened. Here is Amon with today's turning point. So, John, I came across an old movie here back in 2006 Tudistas came out director John Stockwell writer Michael Aaron Ross we got my man Josh Dummel you know Josh Dummel he's the one of one of them heartthrob actors in Hollywood along with Melissa George and Olivia Wilde I believe plays his sister and so we already remember we already talked about traveling outside the United States so just traveling internationally to be very careful right we talked we broke down hostile uh, about a couple months ago, but now this is another. So they go out of the country down to Brazil on a vacation right before, I guess, graduating college. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't listen to my show, you know, back in <laughs> uh, March about when you go out internationally, what you do, the do's and don'ts. And so the big don't or the do's and the don't they didn't do was when you go, you know, they're at a bar, they're hanging out and they were getting, basically wanted to have a good time because the trip, the bus almost fell off the edge of a cliff getting to the town they wanted to go explore and go surfing and jump in a, a beautiful ocean down in Brazil. Um, so they had that happen. And then, you know, Josh Dumbo being, uh, being the big older brother in charge, trying to make sure his young little sister doesn't get hurt and anybody else in the, the group of people that they're with don't get hurt or snatched up or anything like that. He's trying to hold uh, his uh, temperature down below 98 degrees and finally they get to a place where it seems welcoming it seems good where they could just go there it's a bar have a good time have a couple drinks but one thing the fatal flaw they found you know people that were enticing you know you're in brazil you got you know good you got heat going on you got women walking around barely anything on because it's a thousand degrees down there you know john i haven't been down there yet have you been to brazil no but that's that sounds pretty good so far the way you're describing it. yes right so you know where i'm going and so they get 
to the bar. They're having a good time. But the one thing you do, you do, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you do this here for yourself, John. When you go order a drink or when you want a drink, you go get it yourself. Am I correct? Yes. 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 So this is where they made the mistake. They allowed their new friends down in, you know, not saying, you know, it's not everybody, but this because you just got to be aware, you know, having somebody you don't know, regardless of who they are, where they're from, getting you a drink. That is the big no, no where mm. they did that. And then that's where all hell broke loose. Then they, they wake up, they're getting their kidneys took out they're getting their eyeballs gouged and then getting it put. They were basically in the world of black market of uh, organ trade getting happen when they wake up from their drug induced shot glass of tequila to a cosmetic Yeah. Yeah. I know. I can't even say it. Yeah. So they didn't have me along because I would have snatched all them drinks, throw them in the sand. But hey, we got our own drink. We got water. That's what we got. We got water. We're surviving this trip. We're getting back to America. No turistas. Turning point happened. Movie over. Bam. Lesson learned. Don't Lesson take learned. the drink from somebody else. Nope. They were knocked out. So gonna, we're not having that. We have an agua. They're harvesting agua. your organs. I got my own water bottle. Yes. Boom. Boom. Movie I over. I, lo- I remember that movie, by love the way. It. I remember watching that movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't take the drink. And uh, then it's just yep. a nice trip to Brazil with uh, spending time with people with on the beach. Exactly. With your family, new friends. You know, Josh Dumbo made some, he met some girl from Australia. He could have then, then had babies with her later on, but we don't know because yep. they drunk the tequila <laughs> and Cosmos and sex on the beach. And now their kidney is on the black market for like 20 grand or something, you know, so. They didn't have me on the trip, but if they did, they did. They survived. They're here today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you, John, uh, for helping out today. We got to get Ben back next week. He was on vacation. Um, so, everybody, thank you for listening in on today's Amon Green's Gambling Lounge podcast. We'll have comment next week. We'll have a new this or that, my favorite turning point segment, new topics, game releases, and then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at amongreen30. And also on Twitch, I'll be returning soon on Twitch soon after training camp slows down. So I'm Green TV on Twitch. And John, let us know, let everyone know where they can find the podcast and social media for the Gamers Lounge. Super simple on Twitter and Instagram at AG underscore Gamers Lounge. That's where you'll find both of our uh, show accounts. And as always, you can download the Gamers Lounge on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. And then also look out for this or that we'll be posting up later today and by Friday. All right. Have a good day.